Papa? Yes? There's something I still cannot fully understand. What is that? Why do the pieces sacrifice themselves for each other? <laughs> it's a tactic within a larger strategy. Checkmate. Ultimately protecting what is most precious to them. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Take Me to Your Reader, discussing adapted science fiction at its best and worst. I'm Seth. I'm James. And I'm Colin. And we are back to do uh, something that Colin was calling a barn burner episode to try and get an episode out in September. So, Colin, why don't you tell us uh, what what is a barn burner? Uh, we don't have a lot of time until the end of September. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, what could we possibly do that is really, really quick and really, really easy uh, and maybe give us a chance to get together and see each other face to face? And I remembered that uh, the Daniel H. Wilson story, The Nostalgist, was published on Tor.com back in 2000 and Nine. 2009. And it had recently been made into a uh, sci-fi short. Nice. So that's what we did. We uh, We all read it independently and we got together and watched it. And now we're here to talk about and it. And now we're all in the same room, which is, is right. something that's uh, different. Um, because Novel. for exactly the last year, we have yeah. been recording remotely. Yes. So our, the last one that we recorded in person was um, Jumper. And wow. that was that was really? with that episode posted on September 15th wow. of 2015. I knew it had been a while. I didn't realize yeah. it had been that long. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah no, it's good, good to actually be in the same room. Yes. So. Yeah. We wow. actually have a blooper reel this time. <laughs> yes, we probably will have a blooper reel this time. Well, and, and like in 2015, we're anticipating a new movie being released called The Arrival. Or just Arrival. Arrival, yes. The Arrival is the Charlie Sheen one, which is a good movie, actually. But Yeah, um, with Charlie Sheen yet. Yeah, I saw something recently, and this, this is kind of getting ahead of ourselves, um, that uh, the release date for Arrival might have been pushed into December. Oh. So um, that doesn't mean we can't do it. True. Because last year we did a couple movies and they got all rejiggered in terms of right. their... their Release dates and stuff. But but yes, we will be talking about The Nostalgist from Daniel H. Wilson, who is a local author. He, he lives in Portland. Um, and so, you know, we, we thought it'd be good to give him a bit of a shout out. And uh, I know we all like his Robopocalypse series. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. And all anxiously waiting for a movie. It's called yeah. Avengers Age of Ultron. <laughs> and Ex Machina. Oh, well, you know, speaking of, of uh, Robopocalypse, there was a scene in the, in the book and in the movie that kind of uh, brought that to mind. So uh, when we get to talking about it, I'm excited to bring that up. Yes. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, the nice thing is, um, you know, we were going to do a picks episode because that would be like no homework thing, easy thing to do because I was out of the country for a while. And and so, you know, a little behind the scenes here, we actually did try and connect and do a Skype call while I was in Italy. There was a bit of lag and yeah, the discussion just didn't, didn't quite work. And and so we may come back to that in the future and, and release not that episode, but re kind of re-record on that topic. And we won't even tell you what the topic is for now. But Picks episodes, you know, no homework. Yes. This one, very little homework, because this is this is the kind of thing where we're doing it all in the same day. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have to be reading all through right. September and, and watching, you know, two or three movies. It's, you know, maybe 20 minutes to read the story. Yep. What do you say, James? 20 minutes? Probably 15. Sober? <laughs> I was not. <laughs> As per usual. Yep. Also, the sun came up. No. I had a Bloody Mary for breakfast, so. There we go. <laughs> and then the movie is uh, 18 minutes, essentially. Right. something yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 And that's including credits, so. I didn't yeah. actually look, was it? I didn't see the time. I 
For yeah, that. yeah, it was okay. it was like seventeen minutes and forty four seconds according nice. to the YouTube video. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, but links to the story, the story is available on tour.com. It's also, of course, available at your ebook retailers. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can read it for free. Check in the show notes for the link for that, and then there's also a link to the movie site, which right. has the YouTube link. Actually, I think you can just play it right there on the site, right? Yep, you can just play it um, right on the site. Yeah. So yeah, there's absolutely no excuse to get spoiled on any of this because right. it does not take any time. Now. I let's let's talk about this here. I think I think it would reward watching the movie first, and then going back and reading the story just to get a little extra flavor. Because mm. it's a visual reveal hmm. in the in the movie. It's very even in the story. It's very visual, literally, because it's it's talking about eyes. Right. TM, right. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we should give a little bit of context to this. Go for it. And and I will try not to do you know my old usual lengthy. Uh, it can't be more it can't than, be that more than 15 minutes. Yeah, it won't be more than 15 minutes. So this, the story is kind of a mashup of uh, cyberpunk and steampunk all at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and the world that we start in is steampunk. Yeah, it looks, well, or at least looks Victorian. Looks very Victorian. Victorian yeah. But, you know, I'm thinking of uh, the the skyscrape scenes from outside, which are described better in the movie than in the book. Yeah, realized. Um, yeah. yeah, visually, right? Yep. Uh, so there's a, a, an older man who is talking to his son, who is apparently eight, maybe nine. Yeah, less than ten. Yep. And uh, he winces and says, "I have to go out and get new glasses." Yeah, and he kind of has some weird. And, and you, if you were watching it cold, you might think that he was having a hallucination or something. Yes. Right. Or or a flashback to something. Who knows? I think the movie makes a little bit more sense. Having read the story first. Okay. In my opinion. I think you could go either way. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to watch one and then kind of be spoiled for the second one because you'll you'll know the twist. Yeah. So anyway, right. it talks about immersive technology, right? Like VR. Yes. And in this case, it's eyes TM and ears TM, where right. essentially it's a set of glasses that kind of hijack your ocular and, and um, auditory oh. yeah. um, systems mm-hmm. and, and give you an augmented reality. Yeah. I think that would be w- yeah. what you would what you'd call it. Yeah, in a kickback to our previous yeah. podcast in uh, Fahrenheit 451, it would have been seashells in four walls. Right, right, but right. but it it's more like um, wool, right? Where 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 they have that uh, spoiler for for wool, by the way, <laughs> where the suit presents uh, a false image of what's outside. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's right in Daniel H. Wilson's wheelhouse, of course, yes. because because I believe it's Doctor Daniel H. Wilson, uh, PhD oh. in robotics. From Carnegie Mellon, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think you were right. I think I remember that. Yeah. And and so, you know, his stories, you know, he, he's always got some robotics or right. um, kind of enhanced human uh, things. Uh, Amped, I'm thinking of, which yeah. is one of his other books. Yep. Um, and uh, and yeah, so that's that's really cool. And it's it's nice to kind of know what to expect from an author. Um, and, and I like that, you know, I, anytime anything comes out from him, I know, oh, there's going to be a robotics angle to this, and that's cool. <laughs> um, one thing I really enjoyed, and I don't know if, James, you got to, to read it, um, or, if, or if you did, Colin, um, when we were kind of, when we were going to do the Ian Dobinder iRobot, um, we had been kind of reaching out to Daniel H. Wilson, and, and he, he more or less invited us over to his house to, to record a podcast, well, but we could never make the timing work. Yeah, yeah, he's got a young one, and so for him yeah. to travel all the way out to Hillsborough is a big hassle. Yeah. Understandably so. Yeah. Um, but uh, in kind of in preparation for that, you you guys both read the Robo Apocalypse, I think, and I think you read mm-hmm. Robo Genesis as well. Yes, I did. Um, and then there was I had read. Um, oh, sweet, yeah, we've got it right in the room. <laughs> and I also read Robot Uprisings, which is an anthology that he and John Joseph Adams did. Ooh. Yeah, um, which which had some great stuff. I don't know if you read that one. No, um, I, only, I only read the Robo Apocalypse. I will just say in that there's 
one of my favorite short stories I've ever read was this one just for the title was, I believe the title was, we, we are all misfit toys in the aftermath of the Velveteen War. And, and it, it was a robot <laughs> uprising thing, but the story was robots, uh, robotics was very limited in this world, limited to toys. And so then when the robots oh, rise up, okay. they're toys. Um, <laughs> and, and it's a fascinating story. It, Sounds it's like a toy story. An island of misfit toys. A little yeah. bit. A, a little more horrifying than, than Toy Story. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So play nice. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, a stumper will grab you around the head. And... I, I did like that that kind of, in the in the nostalgia, tied in a little bit to Robopocalypse. Yeah. Because in Robopocalypse, right. he introduces the character, or the um, concept of the stumper, which mm-hmm. is just a robot that will get to, into proximity of a human and blow up. And lots of times, right. that person ends up with a stump. One place or another, right? Yeah, and I, I think it's even more uh, more evil because it it latches on, and then the person starts screaming for help to try and draw other people around them, and then it, right, you know, more damage that way because we're we're uh, empathetic fools. It is true, emotions they just get in the way, kind of like in the story, kind of like in the story. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So you want to talk a little more about the story, about the plot? Yeah. So while the while the you know. Father, father in the movie, grandfather in the story is out trying to get new immersive classes because uh, the reality is starting to break through. Uh, he gets caught in some kind of a raid. Right, the militia yeah. shows up. It's not a terribly well developed world. It's all. It's kind of all ambience. Um, it's not 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 right. a lot of substance to it. Yes. In, enough to get you into the story. That's what I like about short stories, actually. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, um, it, like we're never we're never told why the image of this little boy is so important to the man. Yeah. Yeah, you can kind of infer that, that there's some history there. Something bad happened. That, that, yeah, that the boy is probably not entirely made up. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he is caught by uh, the militia, and they're they're torturing him for, to find out where he got his you know, illegal tech. Right. And the, it turns out the boy had been concerned about his, his father-grandfather and had followed him. And uh, the boy, should we, should we just... Yeah, we we have already instructed people to go at least read the story and watch, or watch the movie. All right, you've been warned. The boy mm-hmm. is not a boy. The boy is a robot. Yeah, and uh, the the man has immersed himself in this this Victorian you know steampunk land, so that the he can experience this thing looking like a boy instead of as the you know unpleasant robot that it really is. Mm-hmm. And you do get some kind of links into it earlier in the story where he he shudders when he looks at it when the VR turns off and right. people it said right. you know, people tend to run and turn away from him. Mm-hmm. Um that's kind of cool. Yeah, and his voice is is really grating. His and, voice sounds right. like a do- you know the uh, the uh, rusty hinge of yeah, a, right. the sound of a door opening. Which I I thought they did a good job in the film, but you you kind of had a slightly different experience with that. The voice. Yeah, it made it hard to understand at some points, but that was the idea. Yeah. It's very scratchy and kind of horrifying to look at. Yeah, it was so distorted. I thought that one of the key lines for me from the story wasn't even in there. Right. So thanks for the rewind. I appreciated that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so the the little little robot boy ends up saving his, his father's life. And because it's got AI, he realizes kind of what has happened. You would think the focal point of the story is the father and the grandfather, but it's not. It's really the robot who realizes that mm-hmm. even though he thinks this man loves him, he can't stand the sight of him. And he's not really who the man thinks he is or wants him to be. Yeah. Right. And out of love for the man, he says, I'll erase my memories so things can go back to the way they used to be. And that's that's the tearjerker part for sure. me. Yeah. Um, yep. It's one thing the movie – and boy, you – 
you better remember this, right? It's one thing the movie does better than the book. Oh, okay. Because oh. there's there's the chess game talking about the sacrifice of the right. pawns. That's what I was going to yeah. say. And that's a flashback scene when he decides to start doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then it, it rolls it back, and, and there they are playing chess again. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's the kind of change that I really like, right? Where where it's like, hey, let's let's really put a stamp on this and say say let's let's kind of reinforce this in more than one way. Mm-hmm. Because he kind of has that flash of the chess the uh, the chess piece and the sacrifice. Um even though it doesn't repeat the dialogue, which I really liked. It just references the scene. Yes. And if right. you if you remember what happened, which is, you know, 10 minutes ago, um, <laughs> you you can remember that and and then sort of says, "Okay, I'm going to fight off the militia now." But then there's the other part of the sacrifice, which is I will sacrifice my memory of this in order so that we can go back to the status quo. Yeah. Where where he believes that I believe that he loves me. Yeah. And, you know, that's something else I actually would have liked to see in the movie do. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to see the man talk to the robot and say, you know, I can make everything go back to the way that it was by erasing your memory. And then the little boy decides he's going to do it himself in the story, right? right. Mm-hmm. But it would have been cool for the man to talk through, I wish... I wish I could do that. Oh, he wishes he could erase oh, his like own do memory. It to yes, yeah. yeah. To forget to forget the memory of the loss oh, of his yeah. original, I'm mm-hmm. guess, son, and to know to know that he has never hurt the boy robot by revealing the truth to him. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, it, it's kind well, of hard to believe that with that kind of tech, that 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 technology wouldn't be available. Right. Yeah. At that point, why wouldn't, why wouldn't he just erase the memories of in the first place? Then he, then he wouldn't be nostalgic. <laughs> Well, I thought the nostalgia had to do not only with that feeling of, you know, what we used to know and love, mm-hmm. but on the surface, it seems to be the, the steampunk era. Right. Yeah. 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 And kind of two layers there, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Just just kind of yearning for an earlier, simpler time, but also yearning for a past that is now gone. Right. Um, yes. it, a personal past, not just a, something in the abstract. Right. Uh, you should probably mention something about the film. So it premiered in 2014. Yes. Yeah, premiered in 2014 at the Palm Springs International Short Fest, so, hmm. and it's oh, won cool. some awards. It's been it's been at other um, film festivals as well. So cool. Um, I mean, I guess at this point we could kind of say what what do we think? Well, I thought the film was actually really good. Um, yeah, the effects and the imagery and the visuals mm-hmm. were well, and it was a, in my opinion, a, a well done uh, adaptation of the story. Sure. What about you, Colin? Yeah, I mean, beautifully faithful, and yet expands beyond the original source material in a couple of ways in a pleasing way to those of us that look like unhappy cats (laughs) standing on books. Thank you, (laughs) Conical. Yeah, um, yeah, I I agree. And it's it's kind of exactly the kind of um, adaptational considerations that I really like where, where you're, you're adding mm-hmm. to it and the things that you're adding make sense. Yeah. Right. Um, because there's a lot of times you, you make changes and you're like, but yeah, it's not that you couldn't have made changes. It's just that the changes you made didn't make sense. And in this case, I, I thought right. they really did. And there weren't that many. Mm-hmm. It, no. It's right. largely faithful to it. Yeah. And you know, there's additional detail just because it's turned into a visual medium. Um, it stars uh, Lambert Wilson, who played the Merovingian in the matrix Sequels that don't exist. Yes. Um, even though James James didn't think it was right. it was him, we had, I, so I had to. I didn't think had, it was him at first. I'm like, really? We have the technology. Oh, wow. We can we can look it up. Yep. So it was his leprous moment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the other day, James, we were, I I don't remember where we were. Um, we were talking about Emily and and going to the Kilimanjaro when she was. She, oh yeah, she was, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Somebody in Kilimanjaro, right? right? James right. James's wife just did this awesome thing, and and I said something about Kilimanjaro and and said how it 
rises like Olympus above the Serengeti, and I deliberately did it in the Toto kind of cadence. <laughs> yes. And, oh, and right. Colin kind of looked at me and he went, rises like a leprous. And Seth says, what is a leprous? Oh, maybe it's like a female, female leopard. leopard. <laughs> like like a tigress, leprous, yeah, I guess, but... You don't think it's more like likely the Olympus, the mountain? <laughs> He's like, oh, that does make sense, yeah, actually. Yeah. So I had to Google it real quick because we have the technology. Um, I, need to, I need to hack all the lyric sites in the world and change it to leprous. Because think about the <laughs> right. imagery, yes. the mastery being displayed when you rise above the Serengeti as a leprous. Yeah. Well, mountain um, just sits there to be climbed by people's wives that are inspired by the podcast. I mean, hey. If there's one thing female leopards are known for, it's rising, right? <laughs> like a mountain. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was good stuff. Turns out that the, uh, the 1960s... Twilight Zone series has a story kind of like this. Oh, really? It's called Casey at the Bat. Interesting. Uh, and I'm, I'm bummed that I only okay. learned about it this morning and I didn't have time to actually go watch the episode. Um, it's it's not adapted. I recommend that you watch it. It's a, it's a story about uh, a baseball owner that finds out one of the best, well, actually the best player on his team is a robot. And so then should be disqualified ah. because he doesn't have a heart. Hmm. And Ro- then robot? A, a robot. Oh. Yeah. It's not a classic robot not a film. Then. No, it's not a classic <laughs> robot film. Uh, and actually, then the story tends to go on a little bit. And so it's worth it. It's it's worth a, a good watch. So I read the summary of it on Wikipedia. Um, I wish I could have found 25 minutes to find to watch it this morning. But Well, I will look it up. If it's on YouTube or something, I'll, I'll drop a link in the show notes. It's on uh, Netflix. Netflix, even better. Yeah. I, I liked um, the mix of art design because you had that, that kind of Victorian look. And you had, right. the, you had then the, the more cyberpunk mm-hmm. look because it, it looked like right out of the Diamond Age or, you know, Neil Stevenson. Yeah. But I, what, one thing I really liked about the robot's face was that there only one eye socket was populated, mm-hmm. but it was populated with two sensors. To have stereo vision. Yeah. Right. Have, yes. Yeah. Right. Binocular vision. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So if this ever found its way to Daniel H. Wilson, I wonder if he had any, any influence on the design of the robot. To make it as as more non-human, otherworldly, foreign as possible. Yeah. So if there if there's one nit that I would pick about this is is that I pictured in the story, and I'm not usually the guy to do this, right? That, that, it's your job. Um, <laughs> that that I pictured the robot being a little more human looking. Hmm. So so being a little more android, a little less robot. I guess that's what I'd say. A little bit rock and roll, a little bit country, a little more data. Yeah, a little more data than um, number five. There you go. Right. Yes, Johnny Five. I, I think I pictured it as being more deformed than what it was. Otherwise, why would people be so scared of it? It was pretty ugly looking. It looked yeah. like something that Sid from Toy Story had right. created. <laughs> yeah, that white plastic doll face. I mean, if that isn't designed to intimidate. And there were some things that happened in the and other things that happened in the, the short that I think were really well. The idea of the Victorian era isn't really introduced in the story. No, no, it is. It is kind of nodded to because as as the as the man is walking, um, he he sees people in in nice suits and top hats, which would have been more common than the Victoria era than to say yeah. modern day. Sure, sure. You're wearing a top hat nowadays, I, I and you're wearing a tux with tails. I, I got the impression of Victorian from the story. Okay, so so I thought it was it was pretty consistent. Yeah, and then the development of the AI, the way he diffuses the final fight between the other guy from the militia. Mm-hmm. Uh, by roaring at him, yeah, that was that was that was a yeah. novelty in, in the <laughs> story. Where, where in the story, the the militia guy is just like he warned the other guy not to confront right. and mm-hmm. and just backed away as soon as as soon as he saw. Yep, I was right. I'm yep. out of here. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. 
Um, so kind of the philosophy of, of the story and, and the, the movie, you know, memory, you know, the kind of, is it, is it the right choice to modify memories to remove pain? Because certainly, you know, there are people who have had mm. such trauma mm. that, you know, you'd like to think, well, if we could remove the memory of that, and they do it in, in certain medical procedures, right, where they give you a, a drug that, that, that will inhibit the formation of, of long-term memory. Sure. And then, you know, set your shoulder or something if you've if you dislocated it, and you don't remember the procedure, mm-hmm. um, even though you actually go through it at the time. So you did experience that pain, right. but since you don't remember it, it's as if you didn't experience it. Right. right. Um, it reminded me of the Worthing Saga. I don't know. You've, you've read it at some point, right? From um, Orson Scott Card? No, I've never read the Worthing Saga. Oh, okay. So there's, there's this whole society that's essentially been manipulated by caretakers who come in, who swoop down and manipulate memories and pull away all memories of pain. And so, so there, yeah. it it hampers their development because we learn through pain, right? Right. Um, and so, so they're they're so coddled that that it it handicaps them, and and it's huh. yeah, it's interesting. That, and that's not the whole thing. That's that's one tiny little part of the Worthing Saga, but that's what it reminded me of. See, I thought you were going to mention Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I haven't seen it. Or Fifty First Dates with yeah. Drew Barrymore. Yeah. You know what I'm talking right, about? Yeah. Is that the right title? Yes. Sweet. I did like that movie actually. Yeah, it's cute. <laughs> uh, and there's there's one other just incredible one. Well, Total Recall. I uh, mean, yeah, Total Recall, yeah. and right. maybe Paycheck. Yeah. Well, I like the I like the story. I like the movie. Uh, I don't think we need to rank them this time. It would be hard to rank them. Yeah. Yeah. Although, yeah, they're both really good and and uh, and and short. And so so you know just right. if you need a little kick of of science fiction in your day, I, we recommend the Nostalgist, and it's all free. So yeah, yeah, even better. Yeah, great introduction to Daniel H. Wilson's work, and the, mm-hmm. actually, do we know anything about the man that made the short, or you know anything behind it, or anything like that? Uh, the the man who wrote the screenplay and directed um, and produced it is Giacomo Cimini. I don't know anything about him other than uh, he he made that movie. I'm hmm. clicking through the Wikipedia here. It doesn't. It, so. it looks like he's it looks like he's pretty new to the game. Um, he's 39 years old, so. From Rome, Italy. Youngin. Yeah. So, way to go, Mr. Cimini. Keep it up. And I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name. <laughs> I, I, uh, C-I, is that a, it's a ch sound? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Ciao. Yeah, like Cipino, right? Yeah, Cipino. Yeah, and ciao. Yeah. Yep. So, have we talked about, I mean, so we're not going to rank. Uh, we no. recommend people read it. Uh, if you really, really do like it, think about buying a copy as an ebook. Just as a little tip to Daniel H. Wilson, he always yeah. likes to be paid for his work, like I'm sure that we all do. True, right? Um, what are we doing next aside from playing disc golf and, and running and stuff? Oh, yeah, we should mention that we we, we did some representing yesterday. Yes, so, we did. so, so James <laughs> James and his wife ran a 10k yesterday. Right. Um, so that was cool. Colin and I wussed out on it and played disc golf instead, <laughs> but we got second place in our division. High five! Oh yeah. Um, so. Noise. That, that was pretty cool. So next year we'll have to decide if uh, we're good enough to move up a division. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we shot at even par. So right. on, on a foreign course, a course that we, we had, you know, played a practice round on and that's it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's not too shabby, huh? Yeah. Yeah. By the way, uh, shout out to Urban Clash Games. They put on a good event. Yeah. So. And a, a great fundraiser for the Oregon Youth Disc Golf Project. Yeah. Which is trying to get disc golf oh, cool. into local area high schools. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a cool event. Um, yeah, but in terms of what we're doing next, it's September now, which means next month, October. Yeah, so we're talking Halloween. Halloween. 
Um, <laughs> it's Halloween. That's <laughs> a Brooklyn Nine-Nine joke. Um, so we, we did a short one this time. So we're not going to go short. We're going big for Halloween. James is willing to do it. So I say, I say we do it. I Am Legend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By Richard Matheson. I so, just want to watch a big man. It was cool. I've never seen it, so oh. so I'm I'm looking forward to it. I've only seen really? the Will Smith one, oh, and I've and I've I've listened to the book on audio, so I'm looking forward to reading the book again. It was cheap in Kindle not too long ago. I picked it up for a couple bucks, right. so um, so I will start reading that one probably today. So if you're listening, um, you know, read I Am Legend and watch as many of the adaptations if you want as you want to. And we we had um we had a listener ask us about it twice, and I don't remember his name off the top of my head because I don't even have my laptop with me today. Well, we will be better prepared next time. Next time, I will I will shout out the guy who, who asked us to do I'm Legend. He, he asked us like twice, like a year apart. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> now, how many adaptations are we talking about here? Well, so there's Last Man on Earth, the Vincent Price one. Okay. And then there's Omega Man, which is the Charlton Heston one. Mm-hmm. And then I Am Legend with Will Smith. There's also an Asylum version called I Am Omega starring Mark Dacascos. It might be craptacular. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> so so um I might give it a watch but I'm not sure we need to officially cover it. Okay. In, unless I watch it and it's just so spectacularly asylum that that we right. have to do it. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should make it our next get together. Let's maybe. all get together and watch crappy sci-fi movies. There we go. Well, I was I was definitely going to make my son watch at least one. I I have uh, I'm Legend at home. I picked it up a while back. It was like 5 bucks in the Blu-ray bin. Wow. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> Then we'll have to decide if we want to do the original or the director's, or the, not the director's, you know, the alternate ending version of that one. We can at least discuss mm. it. We can watch both endings. There we go. And see which one is, is least faithful. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I've seen both endings. I have seen both. So I can, I can at least talk about what the differences are. Gotcha. Um, other than that, then, so let's talk about kind of the rest of the year. I don't know. We haven't decided what we're doing for Christmas yet, unless we want to do Die Hard 2, because it's also adapted. <laughs> um, I thought I had an idea of what we could do, but I, I, yeah, I don't remember. So November, probably Arrival. Arrival. Which, which is based on a novella called The Story of Us. Can you? No, The Story of Your Life. Story of Your Life. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to be, is it Ken Liu? I'm pretty sure. Okay. We'll have to, we'll have to check on that. And, and we will, um, post something on social media about, about that. Um, that's one of those ones. I'm kind of hoping to be able to go in cold to the movie and then read the novella before we get together to podcast. So um, mm. hopefully the date didn't slip all the way out of November. If it did, then we'll come up with something else. Maybe we'll do that picks episode. Sure. Um, Try again. Yeah. Without the international toll charges. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The three second delay between when I'd stop talking and you'd start talking. Yes. Yeah. That makes the timing a little difficult. I mean, it's always more difficult when we're not in the same room too. Mm-hmm. I, know, I like doing it this way. Yeah. The uh, gosh, what else is coming out that's adapted in genre? Uh, a monster calls. Yes. Mm. The girl with all the gifts is ge- is getting a limited release. Yeah. And I think it's it's next month. But um, and that would be a decent one to do for Halloween if if uh, it was in our area. But I couldn't find that there was a screening available here. So uh-huh. it, it might go straight to video after the limited release, or you know who knows it, it might kill. In the in the theater, and um, it's it's an interesting book. I, I enjoyed it. So, other than that, I think we're about done. Yep, yep, yeah. Bless us, Papa. I I think okay. I'll try one. Okay, so until next time, I'm going to sign off with uh, augmented mm. pavement pounder's blessing, <laughs> as per usual. It's not like we ever do the traditional one, um, right? But yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, may the road rise up to meet you, and may your reality always be augmented. 
Ooh, not bad. Although I'm not sure that would be a good thing, really. <laughs> Always having augmented reality. Um, there's sometimes, yeah, I, I'm fun. like in uh, office space and like, could you just zonk me out? So like right. when, when I'm at work, it's just like, I think I'm fishing. <laughs> like, that would be cool in some meetings. Um, no joke, right? <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I think we're good here. So bye everybody. Bye. Ciao. Sweet. All right. You ready? Yep. Wait, now you. You remember your name? Nope. Okay. <laughs> your name is Jaquella. Jaquella. <laughs> You're J-Miss. 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 <laughs> All right. All right. Ready to go? Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's easier doing this with nobody looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> ready, Dad? We're all staring at you. Yes. yes. Intently. Okay. Oh, boy. Uh... This is going well, I think. None of that's making the room. This is why we stopped meeting face to face. (laughs) (laughs) Probably.